welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 13 and it's called Stash Bingo. My name is Faye and I'm recording today in my office and um, that's in Cheshire in England within the UK. Um, yeah, welcome in. Hello folks, how are you doing? Hopefully you're all well and you've had a great month. It's been a month since I last podcasted. My podcasts go out on the second Tuesday of every second Tuesday. That's a total fabrication. <laughs> that really is a total fabrication. Podcasts go out on the first Friday of every month. But I'm recording today on a Sunday. I'm trying to record the podcast now on the weekend so it's not having such a massive impact on my working week Um because I'm self-employed, I work lots of hours already, but I'm trying to delineate what is podcast and what is um, Knitted Hooky Crafted Time. So, um, you can find me on Instagram, that's probably where I'm most active on social media, and the handle on Instagram is crochet underscore circle. I'm also on Ravelry, my Ravelry name is Ma Dashfer, and there are links in the show notes, but um, you'll also see it below down here I will add the information. Um, the podcast goes out as a video on YouTube and it also goes out as an audio file. Again both get uploaded on the first Friday of every month. So the videos go to YouTube and the audio gets uploaded onto Podbean and from Podbean it's caught by Stitcher and iTunes and a few other podcast applications. So if you're not uh, a YouTube person if that's not your thing you can catch me on audio if you prefer or if you're going on a journey and you can't take something that's video file then the audio might be a, a good scenario for you and equally if you've been listening but you want to have a look then go to youtube and it's called the crochet circle podcast that's what the channel is and full show notes are put together really comprehensive show notes and they can be found at www.thecrochetcircle.podbean.com um, I, think, I think that's all of the stuff that you need to know. That's where you can find me. Um, for those of you that have been listening for a long time, um, you'll know that up until episode 10, it was there were two of us doing the podcast. Um, Lynn was also doing it and she sadly decided not to go ahead with it anymore. It's quite a large time commitment to do podcasts um, in terms of getting stuff ready, recording, um, taking the photos, all of that stuff is quite time heavy and she couldn't commit that time to it any longer. But for those of you that are missing her, Lynn is actually now recording her blogs. Um, not video, but she's doing little audio ones, so they're much shorter and it's something that she can do within her time frame. So if you're missing Lynn's dulcet tones, um, I can actually catch her on her blogspot, which is um, thewoolnest.blogspot.co.uk. So she's been doing a 31 day challenge and blogging um, uh, almost every day for that. And so far she's put one of her audio blogs up. I think her intention is every time she does her normal blog outside of 31 Day Challenge that she will actually record it as well, which is quite nice because if you just want a little short snippet, then that's um, something that you might be interested in. I'll provide links in the show notes as well for Lynn and what she's been up to. So today I'm going to cover off 
crochet alongs, very exciting. And I also have got um, you crochet or no crochet, finished objects, works in progress, um, feeding the habit, um, quid the rav, and a little bit on yarn shows and finishing off with a what's good. Um, so quite a busy episode, but we'll crack on and get filing. So, um, ye crochet or nay crochet? It has to, it has to be a ye for me because you'll hear more about this when I come to the cals section. But I've just started to learn Tunisian crochet, and I'll, you, if you listened and watched last week's podcast, you'll know that. I said that I tried it before at a workshop and it just didn't it didn't sink in it wasn't optimal way of me to learn with the size of workshop that it was so I sat down the other night and started to learn the um, simple stitch Tunisian simple stitch and it's there I've got it I understand it and it was actually really quite simple you'd hope so it's called Tunisian simple stitch but it's there and um, it's just been lovely to learn something that is very familiar to me because I already crochet but to know that what I'm doing is opening up a door to a whole new world of crochet because it seems like Tunisian crochet is really versatile and has lots and lots of stitches that you can go at and lots of different and therefore lots of different stitch patterns and I find that really quite intriguing so it's a yay because <laughs> I think there's a whole new rabbit hole for me to fall down when it comes to Tunisian crochet and um, at the moment I'm at the hole and I'm just gripping on with my little fingers thinking how he how head far can I can I go into this and I just I know full well that um, yeah Tunisian crochet is going to be one of my things for this year so that's that's a yay to feel like I, there's more for me to learn and and I've found a whole almost like a genre a whole genre of crochet that I can now go and learn more about and I, I find that really quite exciting. So that's a yay from me. And um, moving on then to crochet alongs. Let's start with the crochet circle Christmas, the crochet circle Christmas crochet along. Really is a mouthful. Um, it has been wonderful. You people have just been amazing. The things that you've made, the different designs that have been brought to my attention and therefore other people's attention, the, you know, just the different yarns that you've all been using. I, I've just loved it. It's been such a wonderful thing to be a part of. And I think it's definitely helped to define what future crochet alongs will look like from the Crochet Circle podcast. Um, we have just under two days left before the crochet along finishes completely. Um, it started on the 24th of December and it finishes on the 31st of January. And I'm just absolutely gobsmacked by what I've seen and just how involved people have been. Just the, the support groups that there have been for the patterns when somebody might have had um, like, a little bit of an issue with the pattern or they weren't sure if they were quite doing the right thing and other people have rushed in to help them it's just been truly magnificent and it, it makes me very proud that that's something that has been created out of this podcast it's it's just fabulous 
I'm just going to boot the cat out because I'm not having this. He does not run this podcast. Right, you're going out, Bombry. Boot. Go on, scoot. Out. Go on, move your bum. Um, so yeah, the, the Christmas crochet roll has just been fantastic. So my intention is to pull together a video montage which will be which will sit outside of this episode because I'm not sure that um, I would have time to edit this and then edit down the other one. If I can get it up on the same day, then I will do. But I will pull together a, a montage which will be called TCC Christmas Crochet Along and it will go onto YouTube and the intention is to be able to show off all of the finished objects and attribute them to the people that have actually crocheted them up as well. So you get to see your work highlighted because you know you it is lovely to see other people seeing what it is that you've created and also you get to see some of the other designs that people have pulled together. Now a lot of people have fin put their finished objects on Ravelry and a lot of people have also put them on Instagram and what I'm finding is that not everybody that's on Ravelry is on Instagram and vice versa, not everyone that's on Instagram is on Ravelry. And so it feels like YouTube is a good way of being able to show off both sets of finished objects in one case. And like I say, being able to attribute them to the, the makers and really highlight their amazing work We've had some people that have put four or five different things in for the finished objects thread um, that, you know, they've just been hooking away since the 24th of December and um, I love it so much that I really want to be able to highlight all of that amazing work. So hopefully that will be up by the end of, well, go live I think on the 2nd, so maybe by the first weekend of February that will be up and out there for you all to view and I'll put links to it in Ravelry and also on Instagram so you'll be able to go and see the thread and hopefully look at your work but even if you weren't part of the crochet along I would encourage you to go and see some of the amazing things that have been made as part of the crochet along. I think it was really helpful that we had so many categories because it means that there's a real diversity of things that have been made and it's made it a really interesting crochet along. The prizes for the Christmas crochet along are great and I will I will put all of the prizes up in the YouTube montage that I pulled together but I just wanted to show you what Vicky Brown sent us. This lovely package came through the door and within it. I know quite a few people have had Vicky's Shaw Club, which pleases me no end, but this is the January one and what you get is a fully printed up pattern and it's got charts on the back. I don't want to show you all of it, but I can see charts on the back and it's got a schematic. It's really nicely laid out and then you also get Beautiful colours, absolutely beautiful. A skein of Vicky's own hand-dyed yarn, which is enough to make the shawl. That's the whole point of the shawl club. 
and the yarn is four ply up yarn, it's 80% superwash merino, 20% bamboo, and it's at 400 meter for 100 grams. You also get a thank you, and um, she's given 20 pounds off for the full um, subscription of the Shawn Club. So whoever wins this can then go and buy the full um, subscription and I'm tempted and you get a little moon wash but it is well this one's jasmine scented and of course some puckety all within the same colour profile it's just beautiful so I think what I'm going to do is whoever wins the winter wonder sock will win this because it was Vicky's design so it would be nice for whoever did her design also wins the Shawn Club for that month. So I will be drawing them hopefully on the 1st of February and letting people know who's won. Um, but that's not it. The lovely, lovely ladies, Joanne and Kat at the Crochet Project, have also offered up one of their books, digital copy, to the winner of the Spun Gold um, category for the crochet along and three other patterns. So my thinking is the winner will get the book and it could be any of the ones that they have published and then the three patterns will be offered to a runner-up in each of the three categories. And then I've been amassing some lovely, lovely prizes for um, the third category within the crochet along. So I'll show you them again in the YouTube montage. YouTube montage. That was like almost going into proper Scottish. For the Scots around me, you'll know that YouTube means something completely different in Scotland. It's a tube, isn't it? It's an insult. So whenever I hear somebody Scottish saying YouTube, it just, it reminds me of an insult rather than something else. But what you generally do is call somebody on YouTube, like, shut it you, you YouTube. So yeah, YouTube is something completely different. And um, what's also lovely about the Crochet Long prizes is that I've already got prizes coming in for the Tunisian Crochet Long. Um, You've heard me mention before Tanya, who does Dorset Buttons, and you would have seen the ones that um, I put on Coliseum, my shawl design. Tanya made them for me, but she also makes stitch markers, and she has um, kindly given one of the lucky winners a really beautiful set of Dorset Button stitch markers. So that's put, been put safely aside, and that's ready for the Tunisian one of the Tunisian crochet prizes. That then brings me on to the next crochet along because there's certainly been so much interest in it and it would be lovely to do another one. And I mentioned in the last podcast that there was a lot of interest in learning how to do Tunisian crochet within 2017 as part of people's crafting goals. And so I put the call out there to see if there was anybody that could help me run a Tunisian crochet along. As I mentioned earlier, 
I'm not really proficient, well, I'm not at all proficient at Tunisian crochet. And um, lovely Charlotte, who is your addict on Instagram, had kind of nudged me towards somebody that she knows who's called Saul. And I think she goes to the same knitting group as Saul and has been taught um, crochet and, and possibly Tunisian crochet as well by Saul. And she said, oh, she, she might be a good person to get in contact with. So I did a little bit of digging around Saul and what it is that she does. And she has a wonderful blog called A Crochet Journey. And I started from there and she's got tutorials on how to do Tunisian crochet. She's got patterns that she's done. Um, last year she was a tutor at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. This year she is a tutor at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and she's teaching Tunisian crochet. Perfect. To me that is absolutely ideal. So we've got somebody who's um, I think very well equipped for helping us with the crochet along and she's willing. She's so lovely. So I've, um, we've been in email contact with each other and uh, she's very busy in the run up to Edinburgh Yarn Festival and sorting that out. So the next cal is going to start on the 3rd of March, I think it is. Um, and I'm going to run that right the way through until the 16th of April. And what that means is you can all get started and hopefully get your bearings. And then by the time, if you do, you may not have any technical information, um, questions. By the time you've got questions, hopefully Saul's time will have um, freed up a little bit because Edinburgh Yarn Festival will be done and dusted. Um, so what worked particularly well about the Christmas crochet along was having three categories that you could choose from. So we had the spun gold shawl, the winter wonder socks and also the um, a, a kind of open category where you could choose whatever it was that you wanted. And so I think that that's a really good way of approaching it. So I'm going to do exactly the same thing for the Tunisian cow. And what I've done is I've picked two of Sol's patterns. Now one of them is called Cobbled Street. And sorry, Cobbled Streets. And I've picked that one because it seems like a really good beginner's Tunisian crochet pattern. It's a very repetitive set of stitches and it has got a stitch repeat in it, so you can do it in blocks. It's, you know, it's quite an, probably quite an easy one to memorize. It doesn't require lots of extra equipment and you can do it with one skein of four ply fingering weight. You need about 400 meters in that skein though. So you don't have to go out and buy a skein if you've already got one in your stash. You will need a four mil Tunisian crochet hook, which is a G6. Um, and that will need a 30 centimetre cord on it um, but it's an easy pattern and also it's a free of charge pattern so if you've got a skein there but you don't have the money to buy the pattern then cobbled street cobbled streets is going to be absolutely perfect for you so that's category number two category number sorry that's category number one. Category number two is another of Sol's designs and this one uses two different colours. So you need one skein up to, I think it's 300 and... Where are we? I think you need about 380 metres on all three, on each of the three skeins. 
So you need one which is one coloured and two which is the second colour. So one for yarn A, two for yarn B. And that's a really beautiful shawl um, with really nice stripe and colour work in it. I'll, I'll add photos to the show notes and give you the links. Now that is a paid for pattern, that's £4.20. Um, but Sol has very kindly given the Crochet Circle podcasters a 50% discount. And that discount will be running from um, now, so whenever you hear this podcast, as long as you hear it early on in 2017, um, it will run until the end of March 2017, so that's 50% off. And what you need to do is type in the discount code, which is all in capital letters, and it's TCC Podcast. TCC Podcast, and that gets you 50% off Ocaso which is her Tunisian shawl pattern. It is beautiful. And I think I'm going to do the same thing where I'm going to try to do cobbled streets first and then do their castle shawl second. Because, you know, I'm not busy enough. But it'd be lovely to be able to get those two things done as part of this crochet along. And for a castle, what you need is, again, a four mil um, Tunisian hook. But with this one, you need an 80 centimetre cable. So I'm telling you this so that if you're interested in starting the cal, you won't start until the 3rd of March, but you can start getting your tools together or see if you can borrow them from a friend if you're not sure that you're going to like Tunisian crochet. That might be a way, uh, good way forward is just to test them out and see, see what it is that you actually like. Um, so that's what you're going to need. I'll put all of those details into the show notes. So that's option one and two. And option three, again, is going to be a free-for-all. So whatever it is that you want to make, so long as it's Tunisian crochet, knock yourself out. Do whatever it is that you want to do. I really like this aspect because it introduces new patterns to people and it's not, it means that on Instagram and in Ravelry you're not just seeing the same one or two patterns over and over again. You've got injections of um, other people's ideas and thoughts and it's also a way of seeing what things might be like in different yarn weights. Both of these patterns require four ply, um, so you know, knock yourself out. Love to see some chunky Tunisian crochet in there somewhere, or you know, would you would you use loose weight for Tunisian crochet? I don't. I, mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. You all know my utter dislike for loose weight yarn, um, but maybe you would. Let me know. Let me see what it is that you would do with it. So there are your three options. Again, I'll put all of this in Ravelry and up on Instagram. Um, and I've created a hashtag on Instagram as well, which is hashtag TCC lowercase Tunisian cow. And the, the upper and lowercase doesn't matter on Instagram. It still filters it out. But it's TCC Tunisian cow is the one to go for. And again, I will open up a chatter thread for the crochet along in Ravelry. And there will also be a finished objects thread ready to go for the next crochet along. I'm very, very excited about this. Very excited. So I'll talk more about the Tunisian cal in the next podcast. Um, but what I would suggest is if you're new to Tunisian crochet as I, as I was, um, maybe start with some of the simple stitches and some of the really basic ones and get used to them and then try and work out what problems you've got. I will provide links to Sol's um, 
project page so that you can look at her tutorials. There's loads of stuff on um there's loads of stuff on YouTube as well. <laughs> YouTube. There's loads of stuff on YouTube as well and I will provide links to some of the other resources that I've found. So if you need some go like a go-to resource pack that will be sat there for Tunisian Cal within the show notes. So get practicing now, but you're not allowed to hook on until the start of March. It can be one minute past midnight. So the first minute of the third of March, you can do that, that's fine. But to be in with the chance for the prize, you cannot start until the third of March. Right. So we're going to move on to finished objects. I promised last time round that I would be wearing my Lee top. So I'm going to quickly take my shawl off and show you this top. So this was knitted and I used cocoon, Rowan cocoon, um, which is quite a chunky weight yarn and it's got suggested needle size of, needle and hook size of 7mm. I actually used 6mm for this. I don't think this took me more than 10 hours to knit up. It was so quick and it's so lovely and warm. So let me stand up. So this is a style that I wear quite a lot. I quite like having a longer top on and then um, quite a kind of boxy top over over a, an under top. Um, and this is just lovely. I really, really enjoyed knitting it and I am really enjoying wearing it. So that's my first finished object, which quickest garment I've ever done. Um, it's just fabulous. But I'm going to have to cover it up because it's so cold in here today. Um, the keen-eyed amongst you will have also seen uh, another finished object on Claude, my mannequin, which is the Riverette top. This was from um, Pom Pom Quarterly, I think it was the spring 2016 version. And uh, again, a really quick um, thing to crochet. That took about, I think it was about 28 to 30 hours in the end. By the time I had crocheted all of the panels and then um, done all of the finishing work and I made a few alterations to it as well um, but I'm really really pleased with this I love it and I used Icelandic Letelope for that which is one of my favourite yarns I really enjoy working with it I also made the Fasian blanket um, which was in take two which is this is my version here the, the grey one and it's really heavy and extremely warm um, and my dad had brought me this back from Iceland um, and I wanted to make a garment with it and I'd had my eye on Riverit for a while so that was what came forward but you in the other patterns it is just self-coloured right the way through and I wanted to really pull out the motif um, lace down the front so hence I used the second colour of the Lopi for that. I'll put all of the details in the show notes for the colours that I used. But um, I actually only used 350 grams 
of the lapis colour, the lapis blue, and I think it was only eight grams of the brick red. So really quite an economical knit. I know I didn't buy the yarn because my daddy bought it for me, um, but I think when he goes to Iceland, or certainly when I've bought Little Opie in the past, it's only been something like £2.50 for a ball. It's a bit more expensive to buy in the UK because of course it's been imported, um, but not massively. And so if you're looking for something as an outer garment that is economical, um, but still not from too far away, then I would I would recommend Lithiopia. It's such a beautiful wool to work with. It won't be for everybody. If you're deeply into your merinos and alpacas and you can't take anything even with a, a hint of itch to it, then this won't be for you. Um, but equally, if you're able to take it and wear something that was long-sleeved and have it as an outer garment, then it might be absolutely fine for you. But if you're, if you have sensitive skin and you're going to make this with something that's going directly onto your skin, you may want to double check it before you put the wardrobe in. It softens up an awful lot with washing and wearing a lot. Um, but it's it's not your butter soft wool. <laughs> I love and adore working with this wool, uh, but I'm not as sensitive as most people. There are two areas that I'm sensitive, and that's my face is extremely sensitive, and my feet. Anywhere else, I do not have an issue. You know, I, I have a friend who is not even able to work with Shetland wool. She was prickling half an hour after wearing a garment with it. Um, so there's no way, no way on earth that she would want to come anywhere near Lepinopi. I really love it and I love the range of colours that you get with it and I love the pricing point for it as well. Um, it's also all the more special because my dad goes to Iceland quite a bit and brings me back yarn and I said I would make a garment and I have made a garment. So I would say take a look at my project page on Ravelry. I'll provide a link to it in the show notes again. But it's a really nice pattern. It was very quick and it's done in four panels. Um, and just it's not dissimilar to the lead top that I've got on. It's another version of a boxy top, which is perfect, I think, for that transition from late spring going into summertime or late summer going into autumn time where there's it's there's a nip in the air but you don't quite want a big massive bulky jumper on that's when these tops i think are really going to come into their own really enjoy doing them both um, and massively enjoyed the construction of this garment so if you have pom-pom riverette spring 2016 is where you can get that pattern from have a look at my show notes, I've put really comprehensive notes up um, on my Ravelry page for this project. I have another finished object. Do you remember my, my I'm not so bar humbug Christmas yarn that I got from Vicky Brown? was this little ball of delight and it is called Christmas Sprinkles. Now, I haven't really worked much with hand-dyed yarns. I've got quite, got quite a lot in my stash. 
I've never pulled them out and I don't know why, whether I just think that they're so special or I need, really need to find the right project for them. And I think quite often the way that the colour disperses in them, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on what that would look like. But I have 100% fallen head over heels with hand dyed yarn that has been sprinkled like this. The little nuggets of colour that you get when you've got crossovers from two little sprinkles of dye that come together and completely unexpected colours that you just didn't think were in that skein of yarn to begin with. It's incredible. And yeah, another rabbit hole has been prodded. <laughs> um, so I made um, I knitted a pair of socks with with the Christmas sprinkles yarn. Uh, and I honestly couldn't love them more. So the last time round I showed you a pair of socks called Solar, which were Jill's pattern, and that was really my entry level into more lacy socks, which normally I wouldn't do with such a busy yarn. I would normally do something that's laced with a very plain one, but I just felt that this pattern could take it and that the sprinkles could take it and it just added another dimension. It wasn't it was already busy enough that the lace didn't really make it busier. Um, and the pattern is Delilah, which is from Verity's book, The Sock Drawer. Um, let's see if I can get one without the pattern on it. Yeah, there we go. So this is what Delilah looks like when it's not in a very busy yard. It's a beautiful pattern. I really enjoy doing it. Um, and I cannot wait. I have purposefully not worn these socks in anticipation of being able to show them to you guys. Tomorrow, Delilah socks are going on. That'll be that. They're, they're not sending on blockers anymore. And just a quick note on blockers. Somebody asked within the Ravelry thread what the benefit of blocking socks was. And I've heard other people say it helps to set the stitches and it just makes them nicer. So I did a little bit of a test. Now other people might get different results, but I thought I would test it and see. So there's one, one of the socks I left a bit of a yarn on and one of them I didn't. And what I did was I washed both socks and the one with the yarn I didn't put on a blocker and the one um, without the yarn I blocked. And of course the one that had been dried on the blocker the stitches were beautiful, they were really nicely defined, it looked gorgeous and the one that hadn't been on the sock blocker when it dried, it had dried and the pattern had pulled it in, which is exactly what you would expect because the, um, the ribbing will pull it in and the lace pattern will pull it in. But then what I did was rewashed the one that had been on the sock blocker. Didn't bother doing the same to the one that hadn't been on the sock blocker because that result wasn't going to change. And then instead of drying it on the sock blocker, I dried it just as I had dried the other one and they were identical. There was abs I could not see any difference between the two socks. It, it didn't dry any differently. It didn't keep itself more spread out as it does once it's been on the blocker, you get this lovely effect. And so the only conclusion that I can draw from that is the best reason to buy a sock blocker is if you're knitting socks to be able to give them to somebody and you want to give them in this lovely fashion where it's shown the pattern off to its fullest. 
or like me you need to be able to take photographs of the things that you've made that I feel as when salt bloggers come into their own based on the results that I found somebody else may have found something completely different but you once you've blocked your salts worn them rewash them unless you're going to block them every single time because this is what you want sat in your sock drawer then I really don't believe there's much need to have sock blockers and this comes from somebody who and these are about to be loaded up onto my website but I sell these and I'm about to have wooden ones made as well so I sell sock blockers and my point is I wouldn't want somebody to buy them and waste their money because they think if they're going to block their socks once then every time after they've washed them they're going to come out looking like this they're not they will go back to their original state so if you make socks for other people and you make socks and you have to photograph them then i would say sock blockers are excellent really good choice and um, but if they're just for you and you're not fussed about having slightly more relaxed socks sat in your sock drawer then I'm, I'm not sure you require sock blockers. If anybody else has any other questions on stuff like that, then please feel free to ask away. There's an Ask Me Anything thread in the podcast show notes on Ravelry. And as long as I've got the time, I will do the background research into something. I've done it with the, um, for those that have listened to the podcast for quite a while, I was annoyed with people constantly saying, um, all crochet takes so much more yarn than knitting. It doesn't, and I know it doesn't because I did quite a full-on test on that as well. I'll provide a link to that in the show notes because if you're a new viewer or listener, that might be of interest to you. You might not have gone back through the back catalogue. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll freshen the link for that one. But yeah, ask away. If you've got something that you, a kind of burning question that you need to know the answer to, as long as it's within my capabilities, I'll try and get an answer to you. So that's my other finished object, and I've got one more, which is here. Actually, I've got two because I'm counting the final printed version of Take Two, the book that Lynn and I have worked on together as a finished object. I really feel like this has been... Uh, I've referred to it as my baby and other people have referred to it as my baby and that's how it feels. I feel like I have delivered this project. Um, in between last podcast going out live and this one, we finally got the printed versions back from the printers after their kind of mix up before Christmas and then they were shut for a couple of weeks after Christmas. So these have gone out to all the customers and I keep on getting pings on my on my shop for people buying the hard copies which is just lovely and Lynn is busy um, working on the US version as well which will be digital only but if you're a US listener or watcher and you're interested in the book and the patterns that we've got in the book then a US version should be ready um, I would say in the next couple of weeks I think Lynn may have finished off the second part two of it today and then it's up to me to double check it, pull it together as one PDF and then upload it onto Ravelry. So that's almost ready for you US folks. Or anybody else elsewhere that happens to use US terminology. So yeah, that, that definitely feels like a finished object. 
my little libra of love and then the reason i picked that up is because there was a shawl that i did in here called coliseum and it's it was purposefully a one skein shawl um but i was very aware that some people don't like one skein shawls and want to be able to use more than one skein this is coliseum it's one of my favorite things that i have ever designed i really love it um, but what I've done is redesigned it as a two skein shawl. Let's go and grab it. Which just makes it a deeper pattern. Took quite a bit of redesigning um, because it's not a case of just adding another skein onto it. The Colosseum in the book starts with all of your chains and then comes down to the point, almost point. And with this one, I started at the bottom and worked it up, which gives you, as the crocheter, the ability to stop it when you're ready to stop it. And also what I had to do was re-engineer it so that it didn't just get wider and wider and wider. Let me pop it on. I really... I really love this one. I love both, but the two skein is just gorgeous. So it's still done on a slightly asymmetric basis. And you've still got this lovely curl that comes through on it. And it's versatile enough that it will go up and over the other side. You can wear it however you want, but it will take two skeins of um, a four ply yarn that is 400 meters per 100 grams. With this one, um, I've written the pattern so that it has a little bit of leeway in it. And then what I've done is finished it off with the, um, the rest of the yarn that I would have had that took it up to 200 grams in total. This whole thing actually weighs 199.8 grams to be very specific. So I've shown you, or I will show you in the pattern, how you can extend it if that's what you want to use as up, if you want to use up the very last of your yarn so you don't have any left over. And I just, there are two things I love. I love the pattern. I love that it was based on a holiday that Matthew and I had a year ago when we went to Rome and saw the Colosseum. So it's got lovely happy memories from that. Also, this yarn is incredible. It's super, super soft. It's 50% merino, 50% silk, and it is hand dyed in the UK by Helen at the Wool Kitchen. And I don't know if you can see, I'll provide photos of course, but it's actually two different skeins. So, when it started at the bottom, it's the more purpley skein that she does, and then from the least part up here, it's actually the colourway which is variations of magenta. And I did that so that you could see how it would look and how it would pull with two slightly, uh, a slightly more subtle one and then one which is splodgier because it's a little bit brighter. Um, but I think the two mix really well because they have the same base grey. So I'm just, yeah. They were all of my finished objects. Not bad. Two garments, a shawl, and a pair of socks. Um, 
that's good going for me. Um, you know, usually I've got fingers of fire, but to get two garments done inside of a month, I'm really, I'm really pleased with that. So moving on then to works in progress, and because all of these things have pretty much come to fruition in the last couple of days, I don't have many works in progress, which is quite unusual. I've got the standard ones, which I'm now waiting for the craft along before I really pick them up again. Um, but one of the things that I've been working on is some little mini swatches. Now these are knitted, but these are for a knitted jumper that I'm going to make. And the reason that I'm showing you these is it was a piece of advice that somebody, I think they'd given on a blog, and it was very sound advice. And it was that if you're going to be doing a garment or you've got a bigger project where you really have to swatch for it, don't wait until you've finished all of your other objects and then this is the project that you're going to start because you need to do the swatch, and this applies for crochet as well, do the swatch, wash it, see how much it grows, understand what the finished fabric is going to be like and there's quite a lot of waiting time with that whilst you're waiting for something to dry, to understand it, to work out the maths behind it. Whereas if you do this while you've got another project on the go that you're likely to finish soon and this is your next project coming up, do this bit in between and then when you've finished something you're ready to go because you've already worked out what, it, what hook size you're going to use, what needle size you're going to use, whether the yarn is the right yarn, what size of the pattern you're going to make. It's just, it seems so simple, the advice, and it just wasn't really something that I'd thought about previously. So hence why I've got little green swatches, um, but that's ready for the next big garment that I'm going to be knitting. But yeah, really sound advice, do it in advance. And then when you're ready, because you've got all that enthusiasm for a new project, and then you have to go and swatch. If you've already done the swatching whilst you're on another project that you're enthusiastic about, then you don't have that dip because you're just ready to go and get in with it. So that was one. And then I said that I had been doing a little bit of Tunisian crochet. And I figured that, apologies for the planking, I thought that the best thing that I could do is use, well obviously it has to be from my stash because I'm not allowed to buy yarn or I'm not allowing myself to buy yarn so nobody else putting that stipulation on me. Um, but in practicing the Tunisian crochet I figured what I would do is go and find some yarn which is suitable from within my stash. So this is stuff that I bought up from Yarn Deal not last year, but the year before, I think, and maybe also Wonderful Wheels. And it's quite rustic, quite, quite scratchy yarn. It isn't something that I would use um, on my skin. It makes the Icelandic feel like Merino by comparison. But what I would use it for are household items. So I thought if I'm going to be doing little squares whilst I'm testing my Tunisian crochet stitches, I may as well make squares that are going to be useful. So hence why I've picked out four colours. And for each stitch, I will create a square 
blocks them out and they will become coasters for within the office or um, you know, for standing vases on for all sorts of stuff. But at least then they're in colours that I really like and it isn't just a bunch of squares hanging around. Even the projects that I'm testing on can actually be useful because I don't, I don't want to just use wool and then have lots of little swatches hanging about. I, really, I like things to be useful. If I'm going to spend time on you, you have to have a use, if whatever possible. I don't think you, I could have done the same with these. And also I didn't want to use up lots of this yarn, but this is slightly different. So I've really been enjoying that. I've only mastered one stitch so far, and I seem to be having an issue with what I do at the end on the return pass of the Tunisian crochet. So um, whilst Matthew's away tonight, when I finish podcasting, I'm going to go on YouTube that. I'll check out um, Sol's blog first, A Crochet Journey, and see if she's got the answer for me. And if she hasn't, then I will take to YouTube to try and find the answer for that. I'm really enjoying Tunisian crochet and I'm looking forward to moving on to the next stitch beyond this, which is the Tunisian simple stitch. So that's like a, a mini whip. It, it's a whip, but not really. It's leading to something greater, which will be cobbled streets and the Alcacer shawl from Seoul. And then the other one that I have, I'm very excited about. So part of my deal with not buying yarn in 2017 for personal use is that I have gone to my stash and I've pulled out some of my older stash or things that not, that, not that I'm less keen on, but that are always likely to stay at the back of the stash and never come to the front as the glowing beauty that they are. And so I bagged up six different loads of um, yarn, gave them a number and played stash bingo. If you want to join me, please do. I'll provide the hashtag in the show notes and on the screen. And I'm running that hashtag and come on in and join in with this. Do the same, bag up your projects and then all you do is use a random number generator and it defines which number you have to work with. And my first number that came out on Stash Bingo was number one. And number one is my little haul of um, Jimison and Smith yarn, which is a Shetland yarn. I thought I was going to be doing a farewell top with this for my father-in-law. Turns out I'm not. That he's totally deserving of a farewell top, but I just don't have that much time. So instead, what I did was look to my stash and I pulled out four of the colours that I thought went really nicely together, and I love them, and I'm really loving working with this as well. So one of them is a jumper weight, which is a three ply, and I had 50 grams of that. And then all of these other little nuggets are 25 grams each. So I needed to find a suitable project that I wasn't going to have to buy more of it because that would completely defeat the purpose of this. Um, but also where I could pull the colors together and it would be a cohesive project that I would actually want to work with. Now, a year ago, I made myself this cowl and this is knitted and the inspiration for this came from um, 
it's an Icelandic pattern, jumper pattern called John, and it's one of East Texas patterns. And I really enjoyed doing this, and it was more of a study on the different types of sheep breeds. Each colour is generally a different um, breed or a different mix of breeds, um, and they're all natural shades. I really, really loved this pattern that came through with it, um, and I really enjoyed doing it. And as I said, I wanted to get better at my colour work in crochet, having got the bug with the Newham hat from um, Raw, from the Crochet Project Raw book. And yesterday morning, uh, I couldn't sleep. I woke up at 20 past six. I actually woke up earlier and then the cat jumped on me and I thought I could try and sleep or I can just get up and deal with the thing that's running through my head. And the thing that was running through my head was using this as my inspiration point to make a crocheted cowl using up my stash bingo. And this is what I have come to. I will finish this off tonight. It's been incredibly quick to do and it just shows you all of those colours I had from my Jimison and Smith haul and I'm finally using them up and I couldn't be happier with this. I just I love it. And I never had I not done stash bingo, this would not be what I was working with now. I probably would have bought another skein of yarn from somewhere else and be using that instead. But because I'm stopping myself from buying yarn and because I'm going to stash bingo I'm having to use different yarns that are already there and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. So this I think I'm going to pull together in a design that will be a paid for pattern. It needs a name so if any of you've got any idea of a name for this cowl let me know. I'm probably going to design a hat and a pair of mittens but I also think there might be a bag in this as well. So I need a name that will go with something mittens, something cowl, something bag, something hat. Any suggestions, let me know. I tend to like one word names. So the shawl is Colosseum. This one is actually called um, Doppio Colosseum because it's got double skeins in it. Um, Skogafoss was the bag in the in the book. There's, there's a purse called Paraphernalia and there's a cowl called Orphan Crude. So I tend to like single word names for my designs. So yeah, if you've got any ideas for what this could be called, let me know. Um, it's probably best not to base it on the colours because the colours will change. Um, I'm also going to remake this and design up some other bits using the John Arbin Knit by Numbers because they're about to start selling their mini skeins of knit by numbers and that opens up I think it's 81 different colours so that would you know you could go with a really bright version of this or it could be muted spring tones if pink is your favourite colour you could do it in four different shades of pink likewise if it was green or turquoise or greys it just really opens it up so yeah if you have a name let me know there's a whip that otherwise would not have been a whip 
if I wasn't doing moustache bingo and I'm so excited at the prospect of finishing this off and being able to hit the random number generator and seeing which project I have to do next. And these are all yards that were sat at the back of my stash and we're not going to be seeing the light of day for years. So I'm loving it. Come and join me in Stash Bingo. I know a few other people are, are joining in and sorted out their bags and, and are doing exactly the same thing. But it's made me completely fall in love with these yarns again. And I cannot wait to get on to the next ones. It's, it's actually really quite exciting. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. So, moving on to feeding the habit, I haven't bought any personal yarn, which is quite an achievement. Um, so that's first month in. I said I wouldn't for 2017, and I'm really hoping to be able to stick to that. It wasn't so bad. I have done this thing, I've started calling it goleming, where when I'm on Instagram, if I see a yarn that I just think, oh, what are you? I've never seen anything quite like you before. Then what I'm doing is taking a screenshot of it. And I think throughout the whole of January, I have screenshotted five different yarns. And then I think what my intention is to get to the end of the year, look at all of my screenshots and assess whether they are still yarns I think, oh, I wish I'd bought you. And then I know whether my tastes change inside of a year, as suspect that they probably do, or whether I still feel the same way and whether I would have just bought that skein of yarn and it would have been another skein of yarn sitting in my stash. So I'm going to keep on goleming and taking photos of the precious every time I see one that I really, really love and um, take it from there, whereas previously I would have just bought it. So slightly different approach but one that I'm hoping will support me in my quest to really stash down in 2017. So I haven't bought personal yarn, but I did receive a skein of yarn. When I was making Doppio Colosseum, originally I was going to mix in two different skeins, but when it came to it and I went to start on the second skein, the colour was just too different. So um, I went to Helen's Etsy shop, and I'll provide links in the show notes, and I purchased a second skein, but slightly different um, colouring, as I spoke about earlier. And when it arrived, Helen had very kindly sent it a little mate to play with. <laughs> so she'd, um, she'd seen all of the posts on Instagram and how much everyone had been loving her yarn from within the crochet circle people and so she'd sent me this one to play with. Now I don't really have a policy on what to do if people send me yarn as part of the podcast. She hasn't sent this to me um, for review, you know just full disclosure I've received this free of charge. Um, she didn't want anything from me for it, she just sent it through as a, as a thank you um, and I suspect that if this happens again in the future, then I will probably provide that as a, um, as a giveaway at some point. But with this one, I actually have a design already in my head for it that quite far down the line that could be worked out. So 
I think what I will do instead, so instead of offering the skein up to one person as a prize, I think what I'll do is create the design and then when I've done that, I will make it available free of charge to podcast listeners for a period of time. So rather than one person getting the benefit of it, for this one time, it would be offered up as a free of charge pattern instead. I think that's quite a nice way of approaching it with this skein. And I just, I'm so in love with it. It's called Moonlight and it's variation of Moonlight and the colours are just gorgeous. It's, it does have that silvery moon and the darker sides. It's beautiful and I already know that it's gorgeous to work with because of Doppio Coliseum. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that. But I, I didn't have to buy it. And it's beautiful. Um, so because I haven't been buying yarn, what I have done is I bought a couple of books instead because they're still allowed. And I saw this one, I think it was um, Amber from the Yarn Hoarder podcast on YouTube. She was referencing this book and it looked really quite interesting. And I'm not particularly adventurous when it comes to crochet borders. And this book is just full of ideas for different borders that you could crochet onto blankets or garments or all sorts of things. So I thought this was a really good inspiration point for me and I got it from, within the UK we have a, a website called Book People and they do really good deals on books and they do an awful lot of crafting books and a lot of crochet books. Um, it's quite a few of them are American ones, otherwise if you're going to the likes of the Amazon Marketplace are quite a lot more money, um, whereas the book people seem to be able to get their hands on them. So I bought that one and I also bought, in preparation for our Tunisian cow, um, Dora Orenstein's The New Tunisian Crochet Book. And I'd read all the, the reviews on this and it said that it was great for um, giving information on construction, going through all of the simple stitches, um, really good photos and charted out, um, but also then it had lots of projects in it. So I thought that was a, a good starter for 10 on um, Tunisian crochet for me. So I bought that one too. And I think that's it. I think that's all of my kind of feeding habit. They're really there really wasn't a lot in there, um, which feels slightly weird and alien because normally I've got, and there's another skein, and there was another skein, but I just don't have that. And it feels alien, but at the same time, it also feels quite liberating. So long may that continue. This is future fee now speaking. If you're watching, you can see I'm not wearing the same outfit. And if you're listening, you'll hear that my voice is a little gravelly. So I don't know what happened with part of the recording, whether because I was at the beginning of a cold, I just didn't press record for the next part or something went wrong with my camera setup. I don't quite know, but podcast is due tomorrow and it's Thursday coming up for half past four and I need to leave in an hour to go to a gathering sandbatch. So I'm having to come back out to re-record um, a couple of the final bits for the podcast. So that's why I look and sound a little bit different because it's future fee that is now speaking to you. 
So the next epi- next part of the podcast is Quad the Rav. And I wanted to link this into Stash Bingo because it's a really helpful way of um, defining how you can use up your stash for a specific project. Now, one of the skeins of yarn that I've put in for Stash Bingo is the Skinny Singles by Hedgehog Fibres. It's a single ply merino, which I've never used before. And so what I'm going to do is use Ravelry as my search function for finding a suitable pattern for this one skein that I've got. I don't have any other um, skinny single in my stash that I would mix this with. So I'm going to use Ravelry for my search. And I'm going to do this now on the podcast i've got my computer screen to the right of me so you'll hear keyboard clunking and clicking away and i'm going to take screenshots at each point that's useful as i talk you through it and then i'll provide those screenshots within the show notes as well so i already have ravelry open and on the home page um within the quick search i'm not going to add any information in i'm just going to press search and when I've done that, it will give me a list of options in the left-hand bar where I can choose whether I want it to be um, a knitting pattern, a crochet pattern, exactly what it is that I'm looking for. Okay. So I've done that, so I haven't made any selections and I have got 614,000 patterns available to me. I'm never going to search through 614,000 patterns and many of them aren't suitable for the yarn amount or weight that I've got. So what I'm going to do is click that yes I want it to have a photo, yes I want it to be crochet because that's what I want to do with this game, I want to crochet something with it. And I'm not going to tick whether or not it's free or purchase because I don't mind purchasing patterns so long as they're a really good, um, nice looking pattern. And then what I'm going to do is filter down into the weight of the yarn. And this with the meterage is 366 metres for the 100 grams. I think that's just shy of um, 400 yards. That will go in as a fingering weight yarn. So I'm selecting that box. Now I haven't gone with yes to photo, yes to crochet, yes to fingering weight. That fingering weight that's automatically brought it down to 12,390 patterns that I could choose from but I want to filter down even further and the next bit that I can filter on is the yardage available to me. Now the criterion for the yardage doesn't quite fit what it is that I have um, because it's either 150 to 300 yards or 300 to 450 yards. They're the two options that suit this skin that I have. Um, but what you'll see at the bottom of the um, selection possibilities is customise and you can enter your own range and that's really helpful if you've got a, an odd range like I do. So when you get to that point you can simply filter by your range. So although this is 366 metres, it's done in yards, so I'm going to say um, 350 yards to, um, I'm going to go to 390, so I'm, I'm on the shy side. And when I apply that, I'm going from 12,390 projects down to 641. So automatically I've filtered out a load of other 
projects that um, were of absolutely no use to me. And then it's down to me to work out what it is that I want to make from this. When I look in my notebook, I can see that I already have four patterns in my library that would be suitable and three patterns in my um, projects that would be suitable, but I don't want to look at them. So instead what I'm going to do is say, I think this is going to be a shawl for me. And then I will go to the categories for the um, basically what I want to make. So it's category, it's called clothing, accessories, home, toys, hobbies, pet or components. And I'm going to go to accessories. And then under accessories, I'm filtering into neck and torso. And with that, I'm going to filter down onto shawl and wrap. And when I do that, I go down to 85 different projects. That's much, much easier for me to filter down to 85 projects that are suitable for this one skein of yarn rather than the 60, well, 600,000 odd I would have previously had to look through. So I will provide screen prints of every single one of those steps that I've done. And if I look through those 85 and I find some suitable patterns, I'll show you the ones that I'm looking at for my skinny singles from Hedgehog Fibre as well. So that is quad the wrap for this month. I have a stupid cat who's desperately trying to get in. So I have acquired a cat. Um, I'm going to move on to what's good. And um, we're coming back into yarn event season, which I really enjoy. I love going to yarn festivals. They're all quite varied. Um, and the first one I think was in January. Um, it's not one that I've been to before and it's not one that I managed to go to this time. The next one that's coming up is Unravel in February. Um, I went to that last year and I'm not managing to go to that this year either. But I am heading up to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I didn't think I would be. Um, but I've managed to get really affordable tickets to go and do it in a one day, which means I think I'm going to be spending about seven hours on a train. <laughs> but I don't mind because I'll just like crochet away and craft away and sometimes I think it's quite nice to have that time just yourself, sit with my iPod in, drink tea and crochet away on a train for hours on end and then have a fabulous time at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So that's good, I'm really looking forward to that. And what I wanted to offer up is, if anyone's curious about Edinburgh Yarn Festival or any of the other festivals that I'm going to, I would say, let me be your eyes for the day. So if you wanted to have a look at the vendor list for the festival, and let me know in advance of which stalls you want me to go to. There might be a specific yarn there that you haven't seen before and you want to see it up close and see what the colour range is. Then let me know and I will go and be your squisher. I will go and have a look at that yarn and give it a, a test out and a sniff for you. <laughs> I'm always the one that's smelling the yarn. <laughs> um, but yeah, if that's something that interests you, let me know what it is that you want me to go look at and I will go look at it at Edinburgh Yarn Festival and report back. So that's what's good. We're coming back into yarn festival season, which, yeah. 
lots of yarn in one small place is always filling me with joy. And that, for the second time, sums up <laughs> episode 13, Sash Bingo of the Crochet Circle podcast. With uh, I think next time I'll like, do three costume changes. <laughs> I hope you're all going to have a lovely month. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And if you want more in between this podcast and the next, then feel free to leave me a comment um, below on YouTube or get in touch with me on Instagram. Really love to be able to um, interact with people. See you soon. Bye bye. Right, we're going. Go on then, Rugrat. <laughs>